You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Back with you all this Monday. Had to miss Friday's podcast due to just real work stuff, uh, not the podcast stuff and not Pelican stuff, unfortunately, which meant we didn't get to recap the Pelicans win over the Denver Nuggets, which after their loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder on Saturday seems like forever ago. But we're going to look at the good from that game, and it was predominantly just good as they got their first victory of the year. We're going to recap that. We're then going to recap the bad and the loss to Oklahoma City. These two are kind of opposite games. One really good team effort, one really poor team effort in leading to another loss. Pelicans still with just one win on the season, but it is a game day for your Pelicans as they travel up to New York to take on the Brooklyn Nets. We'll preview this one. It might be pretty tough, but we'll still take a look at this game, what the Pelicans can do to win, what do they need to do just in general to play some winning basketball as well. So let's dive into everything in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So again, sorry I missed Friday's show. This is like the one weekend a year where work completely takes over my life and I wasn't able to record Friday, but I was at the game. Have a lot of thoughts from this one. The Pelicans getting their first victory of the year. And this is the team we've been waiting to see all season long, I guess minus Zion Williamson. New Orleans playing with pace, getting into the fast break, rebounding well, and turning those into fast break points in transition, playing quickly and fast the way we want to see them playing quickly and fast. You saw good defense from them too, terminating possessions, leading to that easy offense. And I said this is a game where New Orleans' depth could really shine through, and it did with Frank Jackson coming off the bench with 21 points. Basically, there's no real complaints in this one. Brandon Ingram, just a cool 25 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds, almost 60% shooting, hitting another 2 threes, and getting to the line significantly. He was a problem for the Denver Nuggets. He could have had an even better game, and he didn't need to. 9 trips to the free throw line, nine, or sorry, 11 trips to the free throw line, 9 makes there. This was a game that New Orleans and Alvin Gentry realized, we've got to stem this rebounding issue that we've been running into making a change to the starting lineup with Nicolo Melli up there up front too alongside Jaleel Okafor meant Brandon Ingram could play the three no more three guard lineups in this one and it worked Melli probably had one of his more complete games seven points four rebounds two assists shooting's not quite there yet he hasn't been as good as he looked in preseason or that opening night game against the Toronto Raptors when he was seemingly making everything Jaleel Okafor at the starting center spot was awesome in this one. 26 points, 5 rebounds on the night. He shot 61.5% from the field and got to the line 13 times. He just straight up outworked um, Jokic on the, uh, Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets, the MVP candidate right there. Jokic had no answer for his post moves inside and he really put a hurt on him. Jokic finished with just 13 points, 6 rebounds and 6 assists. That's a good night for a guy like Okafor. It's not a good 
good night for Jokic. It's one of the big reasons why New Orleans won this one. They were just able to limit him. Okafor played pretty solid defense down low when there were switches on Jokic. They kind of got him out of the rhythm, forced the ball into the hands of other guys, including guys like Gary Harris and Jamal Murray, who were just not able to get it done. Those are the two best guards for the Denver Nuggets. They finished with a combined 23 points on the night, neither of them shooting above 43%. It's good defense. Stopping penetration, forcing them into taking long mid-rangers that they miss, and that the Pelicans were able to rebound because they had more length than they've had in the past with a front court of Okafor, Melly, and Ingram. Drew Holiday looked like regular old Drew Holiday in this one. 19 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds. He was 5 of 9 from 3, getting going early on. I think he had 8 points in the first quarter. He looked pretty good. Lonzo Ball was solid in this one too. A little bit more aggression from him, though not as much as we'd like to see. But he played solid defense on that backcourt of the Denver Nuggets. Nine points, eight assists, three rebounds. He had a three. That's good. He was four of seven from the field. It's kind of what you want to see. And then finally, it was Frank Jackson doing just everything off the bench. At one point in the first quarter, I think he was four for four and finished scoring 10 straight points. Maybe it was the half. I can't remember. 21 points on the night for him, eight of 10 from the field, four of six from deep alongside three rebounds. Just being a gunner and getting points and taking advantage of a weak Denver Nuggets bench. New Orleans playing their style of ball in this one, really playing with tempo and pace and almost a sense of urgency. I mean, they were 0-4 coming into this one, so they should be playing with some urgency. Really took it to Denver and that's not Denver's game at all and in them trying to keep up with the amount of shots that New Orleans was taking in this one and the way they were looking to play really looked out of sorts they could not get into their offense because I think they felt kind of a bit of a time crunch New Orleans jumped out to a lead in the first quarter, second quarter, and in the second half, Denver was kind of shaken by that, I think, a little bit, feeling they needed to keep up scoring-wise, and they needed to play quicker. That's not the way they want to do things. Jokic needs more assists. This team usually passes the ball around a good bit. They finished with just 25 assi- sorry, 24 assists on 43 makes. That's not Denver's style of ball, and when they looked rushed, they fell apart in this one, um, turning over 14 times, a ton of live ball turnovers, leading to 25 turnover points for New Orleans and 37 points in the fast break. They missed shots, they turned the ball over, New Orleans capitalized on all of that because they forced Denver into trying to keep up with them. And then when they did get into the half court and they used the shot clock to at least create a bit of a better look, it was not really worth it for them because they were getting outshot. New Orleans was taking advantage of quick possessions, forcing Denver to try and keep up that they couldn't even do that. And when they did, you could just see time going away and going away and going away because they were already down and they needed time to try and get back in this one. Really weren't able to. Ended up with a 122-107 win for your New Orleans Pelicans. Getting off of the slide there, everyone kind of playing well in this one. Exactly what you want to see from this team. But it wasn't able something. It wasn't something that they were able to keep up in the next game. Let's talk about it. The loss on Saturday to the Oklahoma City Thunder coming up in just a moment. Before we get to that, though, today's show brought to you by my bookie. You know, it's my favorite time of the year. It's a little bit cooler out. This weather was perfect in New Orleans the past weekend. There's leaves on the ground, and it's basketball season, meaning we've got threes from downtown. That's right. For some, it's fall season, but for the rest of us, it's ball season. Pro and college ball are tipping off, and there's no better way to feel a part of the action than to have a stake in the game with mybookie.ag. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to try and win a lot, Take those 
big shots, those big plays, you've got to try a parlay with them. If you like a couple of the big favorites from the week, whether it's in the college season, which is starting to get underway, or the NBA season, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Either way, if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Use your basketball knowledge to prove you have what it takes at mybookie.ag where they make it easy to play and even easier to get paid. And if you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to double your cash. Free money right there. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So we hope the Pelicans were going to keep rolling with a game against the Oklahoma City Thunder, who were also 1-4 going into this game at the time and have been struggling pretty hard this season. And they just weren't able to do it. It was a 115-104 loss. This doesn't really seem even as close as an 11-point victory for the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, even though it was, and that was the biggest lead they had all game. New Orleans just didn't play their style, couldn't really do anything they want. They looked inept offensively in this one. Didn't help that Brandon Ingram left the game early on in the first half, playing just 13 minutes, finishing with seven points and four rebounds. So he was on his way to a pretty good game. But the Pelicans started the same big lineup in Nicolo Melli and Jaleel Okafor up front. Melli was largely just ineffectual. He didn't even feel, it didn't even feel like he was out there if you watch this one. You just had no sense of his presence whatsoever in a Almost 11 minutes. He took two shots. Grabbed two rebounds. That was it. Finished with four points. Just nothing going on there. Jaleel Okafor tried to kind of put up the same type of performance. Wasn't as dominant in 30 minutes of action. 15 points. 12 rebounds for him. Three assists. But New Orleans struggled with turnovers in this one a whole bunch. He had four by himself. Team finished with on the night 16. Which is an okay amount Form leading to 21 turnover points for Oklahoma City Thunder. It just kind of felt like every time they got something going, there was a key turnover that just took away the momentum from this team. Okafor finishing with four on the night. Lonzo Ball was another big uh, culprit of this. He wasn't good in this game. 10 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. So the stat sheet looks okay, but he was 4 of 11 from the field overall. He was 2 of 5 from deep, so he's creeping up towards that 40% mark um, for the season and wanting to kind of stay there. But man, five turnovers from him and not even showing the type of aggressiveness that we need to see from him that everyone's talking about the lack of on Twitter. And you guys have heard me talk about it here on the podcast all off season. Five drives per game last year, same number as each one more. That's not going to get it done. And he looked very tentative maybe at the point of attack in this one, almost unsure of himself, a lack of confidence maybe, which is something that really prevents him from just being an instinctual player, which is who he needs to be. Get the ball, drive, make a good pass, run a pick and roll. And he just doesn't seem to want to do that. And I don't know whether it's kind of what we've seen from Drew Holiday in the past where he just would rather keep facilitating for others and doesn't kind of be an aggressive player because of that or what's going on. But he was not great in this one despite putting up some solid counting stats, but you could just feel on the court he was not nearly as impactful as we would have liked him to have been. Not impactful was also Drew Holiday, reverting to bad Drew Holiday that we've seen kind of all year long. 16 points on the night, 6 assists, 3 rebounds, but he was 6 of 15 from the field. 40% right there. He did make two threes. That's good. 
but he needs to be the MVP Drew Holiday, the allowed to dominate Drew Holiday that we've all been sold on and told about. And that guy has not shown up other than one game against Denver. Defensively, he's been good. There's no denying that whatsoever. But we need to see the offensive one. He hasn't even scored above 20 points at any point so far this year. And it's only been four games, so give it a little bit of time. But we haven't seen anything really that great from him offensively so far. I got asked on Twitter the other day, what do I think of this? Or what do I think of Drew Holiday after the loss? My opinion on him has not really changed. I think he's still a very good player. We all know what he's capable of. It's just when is that going to come? I do not believe for one moment that we're going to see this version of Drew Holiday all season. Really hope not. You know, and again, there's no reason to think he's going to be this bad all year. But he's going through a rough stretch, and I think it'll get better. That's kind of my thoughts. I don't want to think overthink it or read too much into it. I don't think he's lost anything. I think maybe it is a comfort thing. The injury uh, stuff doesn't help either. But there's no mistake in it. He did not look too good in this one. J.J. Redick did look good in this one, though. Finishing with 17 points on the night. He was 4 of 9 from 3. That is a season high in points for him. Getting open, shooting those shots. Nine three-point attempts. Like to see that from him. Josh Hart, who started over um, in replace of Brandon Ingram in the second half. He finished the night with 12 points, 15 rebounds. He's looked just as solid as someone can all year long. And if almost you're ranking the guys coming over from the Lakers trade, it's right now Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and Lonzo Ball, which is not the order I think any of us thought that it would really go in. But Josh uh, Josh Hart getting 30 minutes in this one, 5 of 11 shooting, 2 of 5 from deep, 15 boards, 3 offensive, 2, 12 defensive. That's what you want to see out of him. 3 assists, just 1 turnover. He was awesome on the night. Frank Jackson got more minutes than we've seen uh, recently from him after the hot night against Denver. Didn't quite put up the same type of line. 12 points on 4 of 11 shooting. Basically, no one on this Pelicans team shot well whatsoever. They shot under 43% from the field in this one. Um, did shoot somewhat okay from 3, 34, 35%, but they needed to be better just overall, and they weren't really able to kind of make it up anywhere. They also shot under 60% from the free throw line. For, uh, it was uh, Jackson Hayes who got some more run in this one, which we've seen with Derek Favors out. There's a bit of an uh, injury update on that coming soon too. He was not good. He picked up five fouls in just 14 minutes of action was two of five from the field. No one did well, basically. And they allowed, with their lack of defense, a not great Oklahoma City Thunder team to just kind of do what they needed to. OKC is not going to play that fast style that New Orleans wants to. And because they didn't have to, they were able to really set things up in the half court. Um, Shea Gilgis Alexander, cousin of Nikhil Alexander Walker, 23 points on the night. Chris Paul was good in this one, 15 and nine. The bench really outshone New Orleans here. You had three guys in double digits. Hamadou Diallo with 12, Dennis Schrader with 17, and Darius Baisley with 17 as well. New Orleans' advantage is the depth. It was not on display in this one. They kind of got outworked by the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Just let up too many shots at the rim. The pace was slow in this one, so they didn't kind of assert their style of play out on the court. Yeah, that's not really going to do it. Too many shots at the rim, too many threes, 
Um, Oklahoma City Thunder took 37 in this one, hitting 15 of them, by the way. And they didn't shoot well any other way, and New Orleans couldn't run them off the three-point line. Again, I think part of it is by design that they're letting some of these guys take a ton of threes, but you don't want Danilo Gallinari, who can hit them, making four of six from the field. Some of these other guys, too. Chris Paul, who can hit threes, but has a really slow shot from deep, went three of five. Got to do better and contain some of those guys. New Orleans was not able to do it in this one. They drop it 115-104, go to 1-5 on the season. So New Orleans has another crack at it again tonight, traveling to Brooklyn to take on the Nets to get their second victory of the year against a Nets team that's maybe been a little bit disappointing. We'll look at that matchup coming up in a moment, but today's show also brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code Locked On at manscaped.com. The Pelicans travel up to New York to take on the Brooklyn Nets tonight. Brooklyn's just 2-4 and four with victories over the New York Knicks and the Houston Rockets being the only two wins they have this year. Houston, by the way, got whipped by Miami last night. A 129-100 loss. Houston was outscored 46-14 in the first quarter alone. That is... Very surprising. They kind of clawed back a little bit in the second, but basically just put a complete dud of a game, uh, which is, again, a bit surprising because they're supposed to be one of the top teams in the Western Conference. I don't know if they necessarily are, but I think it kind of devalues that Brooklyn Nets win, certainly, over them. Uh, they do have a big loss to the Indiana Pacers, who aren't great either, and overall, eh, just kind of a blah roster. This isn't really the year they're trying to make a big play. It's going to be next season when they have Kevin Durant, who's going to be healthy. But Kyrie Irving has looked pretty damn good at times this year. He is averaging a cool 30.5 and 7.5 and 6.5 points, assists, uh, rebounds on the year. He's also one of the best finishers at the rim, one of the best guards at driving to the rim. That's not great if you're the New Orleans Pelicans, given what we've seen from them. Overall, they just don't match up too well with this team. They take a lot of threes. They drive to the basket. Two things New Orleans is letting teams do. Again, I think the three-pointers uh, three are by design to mediocre shooters. And you're going to have nights when they hit those three-pointers. But overall, this isn't exactly a team that New Orleans wants to face, given the defensive woes right now. So Kyrie Irving, you've got to watch out for him. You've got a bunch of guys who can shoot the three exceptionally well and are doing exceptionally well in Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Karis LeVert. Um, all of those guys are shooting over four three attempts per game, including Torian Waller-Prince, who's shooting 7.5 and hitting 44% of those. So they're going to be bombing it from deep. You need to cover those guys, force the ball in the hands of guys like Garrett Temple uh, and others, Jared Allen, and try and make them outwork you down low and Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan uh, with this team. But it's tough because they're giving up a lot of shots inside. I don't think you've got a guy in uh, Jalil Okafor who's really up for the task of defending someone like DeAndre Jordan. We've seen that his defense has not been good, though he did manage to frustrate Jokic, but that was more on the offensive end and that maybe got inside Jokic's head just a little bit. 
Brooklyn's a pretty good rebounding team too. Six in terms of defensive rebounding, fourth in terms of offensive rebounding. Again, these are problems for New Orleans. But New Orleans might be able to press them a little bit defensively. They turn the ball over at a very high rate, almost 16% of the time. With Drew Holiday back playing one-on-one defense, Brandon Ingram, who's healthy for this one, cleared after that kind of head injury he suffered against the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think that helps, and New Orleans may get Derek Favors back. We're not sure just yet. Should have an update on that some point today. But if you can force some turnovers, it could mean a very long night for the Brooklyn Nets. It means easy offense for New Orleans because you're not going to out-rebound this team. So you've got to do it by pressing the point of attack. Lonzo Ball is going to need to be good in this one too. That's probably the only way to win this one. But you never know. Maybe someone gets hot from New Orleans. But it's going to be a tough game. This is not a team that New Orleans matches up well with in terms of styles and what they're doing, the defensive issues. But look, if you're going to get it fixed, you may as well start tonight against the Brooklyn Nets. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Again, sorry I missed Friday. Back with you all now. We'll be having podcasts all week, maybe a guest or two as well, depending on how the rest of the week goes. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, subscribe to the show. Leave a five-star review. Tell a friend also. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.